You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Well, folks, I cannot believe it. We are actually in a new calendar year, and I am in a new place, and Nehemia is in a new place. This is Prophet Pearls, Keith Johnson, along with my friend, Javier Shili, Nehemia Gordon. Nehemia, where are you? Keith, I am, uh, after a very long journey of nearly 2,000 miles, I have settled down for, for a time as the wandering Jew in San Antonio, Texas, uh, not far You're from kidding. the Alamo. Nope. Wow. And how did you get there? Tell me, tell me how you got there. I mean, so you were, I, come on, I let's bring everybody yeah. up to date. You and I, we were, okay. <clears throat> well, so yeah, last time they heard from us, we were together at your house in Charlotte. You, you went off somewhere that you'll tell them about in a minute, but, uh, mm. I got in the car Drove in my uh, 2002 <laughs> Honda Accord and uh, started driving to Cherokee, North Carolina. Had an amazing experience there on the Trail of Tears. Then ended up going to uh, Tennessee, through Arkansas, and then finally the whole length of Texas and ended up in uh, San, <laughs> San Antonio, as the locals call San it. San Antonio. Wow, yep. amazing. Yeah. Well, I've been on a few airplanes, trains, and automobiles myself, been across yeah. the ocean. Actually, presently, I'm in the most populous city in the world. You may hear some knocking on the outside. I'm in Shanghai, China right now. Uh, and, and, wait, wait, wait. We'll You're try, in Shanghai, China? Yes, I will try my best to, to bring people up to date. There's so much that's going on. I'll give them pieces. Right now, it's the beginning of a new year, and so that's where I am right now. And if there's some knocking, folks, I'm just going to say right now, it was easier when Nehemi and I were in the same room together. We were we were recording together. We had our special computer. We could look at each other and talk, and now we're doing this technology thing, and it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> in fact, we almost uh, didn't even have the opportunity to do this recording. So we're going to try our best. Am I right, Nehemi? We're going to try our best to... Uh, Look, to, so to do I, what we can to keep I, things going. Yeah, I came to San Antonio to the Alamo to make my last stand, where Davy Crockett and, and uh, that Bowie guy, whatever his name is, did it. What are you doing mm-hmm. in Shanghai? Did you just go there because you were jealous? Because I spent a year in China. Yeah, right. I wish that was the case. No, no. Uh, there's been an open door here, and and, okay. and really, one I want I have to be pretty sensitive about it right now, so I can't talk a lot about it. I can only say this. Um, I did mention to folks, uh, I actually was in the Philippines um, a couple weeks ago and I was able to do that because I was actually in Shanghai, only a three-hour flight Mm -hmm. there and back. And there's some other opportunities like that in this region. And so right now, this is sort of a little bit of like a kind of like a base of operations. Uh, There are things that are going to happen from here because of an open door, which I will talk about as we go and especially as things develop. But right now, it's a little sensitive. So I'm just going to just have people to keep praying for me. I know that you're here, there, and everywhere. We're both kind of um, continuing to do what we're doing, but from remote locations. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It is. So listen, we're going to get started, Nehemia, but before we get started, I, I just have to bring something up. Yeah. You know, we're going to be talking uh, in, in, in this the section that we're going to be talking about, and it's, it's funny. Um, we kind of talked about this before, and when I went to go and study this section, uh, I, I, had to, I had to kind of take a different look. But, so I tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we yeah. do this, Nehemia? Why don't you tell us what the section is officially, and then we're gonna and then we're gonna get right into it. Well, so this week's uh, Torah portion is is Vayechi, which is the mm-hmm. last chapters of uh, Genesis where uh, Jacob is on his deathbed, and we're doing the corresponding prophets portion where uh, David's on his deathbed, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously that's the parallel. Uh, Jacob is giving instruction to his uh, sons, and David is giving instruction to his son Solomon, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what it is. One Kings chapter two verses one through twelve. Yeah, but reason I say that it's sort of connected is because we had done the section before with David and uh, and Solomon. Um, yeah, know, it's before. really interesting. We we did chapter one and we did chapter three. Now we're going back and doing chapter two. <laughs> so that's why I say that's why I say it's really kind of an interesting approach here. I will tell you something though before we get started. I don't know if you knew this or not. Hmm. I don't know if the, the listeners know this or not. We had a date about. Um, let's see, it would have been in December, which yeah. was twelve. Thirteen. We're, we're still in 14. December. Well, no, it's January right now. Nehemi. But we're what are you pre-recording about? it. So. Well, okay, you're in. Look, I'm ahead of time right now. I'm, I'm on the other the side of here. It's true. So listen, so listen. It was really interesting. There was a date that was called twelve thirteen fourteen. Oh, the twelfth month, the thirteenth day, the fourteenth. Uh, you know, two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Now, are you ready for this? Sure. We're never going to get another date like that in our lifetime. Now, is that is that in the Creator's calendar? Twelve thirteen fourteen or no, no, no. This this has to do with the Gregorian calendar, oh, twelve thirteen. Okay. 
We're so never going to so, get another date. So we could get another date like that. You could just make up a calendar out of this, you know, thin blue sky, like <laughs> Pope Gregory did, and, and you could say, today is year 14, and like... So I don't exactly. Know the significance of that. Right. Well, if according to the Gregorian dates, you're never going to get a 12, 13, 14, and nothing like that again in our lifetime. So, but it's interesting because David's about to go the, the 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 path of all of all mm-hmm. mankind, and so when when we think about that from that perspective, it's like, man, you know, well, there yeah. won't be another date like that. So that means that eventually we're all going to face this really difficult time. I I think it's kind of a difficult time. It's kind of a scary time, but when David is doing what he's doing, it's really interesting. So can we get right into this? Sure. <laughs> if you're going to bring so, up these calendar games, can I, can, I, can, I, can I talk about something that people don't know about? So, so it's really interesting. So I'm on a certain date on the Gregorian calendar, and Keith is on a different date in the Gregorian calendar because he's in China, which is apparently 14 hours ahead of San yes. Antonio. Um, mm-hmm. And of course... We we you know there's this great scene where David and Jonathan they 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 meet and they and they you know say and they decide they're going to meet three days later and they call mm-hmm. it the Moed they say we're going to meet at the Moed and Moed yes. is appointed time but but they set the appointed time meaning it's a meeting time so mm-hmm. we Keith and I uh, audience decided to meet at a Moed and the Moed we decided to meet was uh, 7 p.m. my time in San Antonio and and uh, I said 8 a.m. in Shanghai and it turned out that um i got it off by an hour because you know people have just messed up time and that's why i love god's time so much (laughs) yes folks that's as close as we're going to get to uh, an uh, admission of it of a of of, of a dropped ball but that's okay it's okay Look, look you've got these weird the time zones in China. Thing. Let's just admit it. It's like okay. the sun rises at 10 a.m. in Western yes. China. It's the weirdest yes. thing. Well, listen, let me say this, folks. Yeah. You might hear some sounds in the background. That's because I live in a very remote situation, a very remote place right now. Uh, there's some knocking and banging and things like that. And there's just no way to get around it because this is the Moed. This is the time we're meeting. And for whatever reason, uh, they've decided to do this um, at this particular time. So let's I get into this. this. is a sign, Keith. I think it's a sign mm-hmm. that someone's knocking on the door. And they want to come in. And you must, you must open the door yeah. and don't shut it this time. Yeah, I wish it was a door, and rather it's outside, outside, outside the building. <laughs> huh? So it says okay. this, Nehemiah. Yeah. Uh, it says in First Kings chapter two, verse one, as David's time to die drew near. Certainly, that's got to be a different uh, phrase in the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here in my in, in my translation, NAS, mm-hmm. as David's time to draw die drew near, he then charged Solomon his son. So, so what yeah, does it say? It says is. Um, and the days of David to die came close. Yes, they came yeah. close. So, so they're coming close. And then here it comes. Now, this I got to tell you before we get started, uh, we, we've got these wonderful people, folks that are, have, have come alongside and they've been, uh, they've been Prophet Pearl's partners. And, and our Prophet Pearl's partners for this week is Leon Green, Wendy and Chuck uh, McKay. These folks um, have been willing to come alongside and help to support this process. And really, it's interesting, Nehemiah, what I love about um, inviting people to make comments and questions is that it's the general, I think it's the general approach that we have to scripture, which is let's take a look at it and find out what it says in language, history, and context. And I always love it when people can kind of go to the obvious uh, and then ask if there's anything deeper rather than trying to make something deep and then saying, you know, let, let's go even further. So what I appreciate about our friends, uh, Leon, Wendy, and Chuck, uh, they, what they've done is they've, they've looked at the obvious. They've looked at it and they said, okay, so what does this mean? And so I, I'm, you're going to have to do some really um, difficult work with the, uh, with the special uh, computer. I'm sure you don't have this stuff at the top of your head. So, so can, can, I, can, can we go right into it? Let's do it. It says here, he says, he says, he charged his son, okay? So he's charging Solomon. He's, he's giving him. Of course, so this is what it says in English. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna look at look, look what and see what it says. What uh, translation is that? That said he charged the sun. Okay, so I'm I'm actually in the NAS version. So did he? Is this like a situation where an indictment came down and he charged his son? Doesn't that is funny? <laughs> no, like in JPS, it's he instructed his son. In the Hebrew, it says Vayetzav, and he commanded Shlomo his son. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what was interesting for me is when I looked at the fact that he says that he that he commanded him, immediately I'm thinking, okay, let's. It sort of feels more biblical to me that he commanded him. You know, the commandments. Yeah. Uh, but but again, in English, when it says he charged him, it's it's kind of like you know, it's like he's he's telling him, okay, now here's here's what you have to do. Um, 
I don't know. How do you see that when you when you, you when know, you, I would when have, you hear, I, hear no, the it, it's a command, and, and the first time that appears in the Tanakh, um, actually, so first of all, Genesis forty nine twenty nine, there we have. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, we have Jacob commanding his sons. It says, and he same thing. And actually, what does it have in yours in Genesis forty nine twenty nine? In Hebrew, it says, uh, and he commanded them, and he said to them, "I am gathered to my people. Bury me in uh, with my fathers in the cave of." Uh, which is, you know, which, which is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave which is mm-hmm. in the field of Machpelah, etc. Genesis forty nine twenty nine, same exact word, and obviously it's the the parallel, the corresponding section. JPS has he instructed them um, mm-hmm. in both places. What do you got? We have charged in uh, NASB. So he charged them. Charged okay, them. and I guess charge could mean to command. Now, what's the first time mm-hmm. that word appears? That's what I always like to know. Vayitzav mm-hmm. um, first appears, and he commanded. When God is speaking to um, to to Adam, to mankind, and uh, let me just mm-hmm. see something real quick here. So yeah, it's Genesis mm-hmm. uh, chapter two, verse sixteen. And Yehovah Elohim commanded uh, the man, saying, "From all the the trees of the garden you shall surely eat." Uh, and he goes on to say, <laughs> "But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you must not eat." And the rest of the story is well known. So that's actually the first commandment mm-hmm. in the history of of anything is God commanding mm-hmm. man, "Don't eat it." He's charging him. And this is mm-hmm. not, you know, it's interesting because mm-hmm. the 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 Hebrew word for testament, like you know, you got last will mm-hmm. and testament. So that word mm-hmm. is from the word sav, the word savaah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a commandment. And, you know, we've got the Old Testament and the New Testament, those terms, which I don't like couldn't even tell you what the Hebrew equivalent is because there is no such concept in Hebrew of an Old Testament. And I mean, obviously it's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant, um, although in the Tanakh we hear about the renewed covenant. So so yes. God's commandment, his covenant, his his testament first appears in um, Genesis 2.16. That's the first time we have God giving us a testament. And that is this testament mm-hmm. of don't eat, don't eat from the tree, and they eat from the tree. And you could say, okay, well then there's a New Testament. As soon as God commands Noah, and He commands, you know, uh, Moses. Um, and the way I look at it is, this God is making a covenant with mankind. Um, he made the first mm-hmm. covenant here in Genesis two sixteen. They could have, and I know this is off topic, so I won't go too much into it. But basically, they had an opportunity to eat from the tree of life. All they had to do was not eat of the tree of knowledge, and they could have eaten from the tree of life. And they chose to break the covenant, and then he gave them a second bite of the apple, so to speak, through the Torah. That's how I look mm-hmm. at it. And that is the mm-hmm. testament of Jehovah Elohim. Amen. Amen. There it is. Amen. And, and now for the testament of uh, David to his son. Yeah. Yeah. And it says here, um, it says, well, of course, so he says, and keep, and keep, and and and, 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 and Hemi, I don't know if you'd be willing to do this or not. What's up? This kind of caught my attention. So, um, and I want you to, as we go into this new year, you know, there's there's so much that's going to go on. I want you to always pick a word of the week, but there's a word of the week here that that really kind of I think is really interesting, and I, I want to know if we could possibly take take a look at this word. It says, and it says, keep the charge. Now, now it's for he says he charged him, okay, in English. Now it says in First Kings two three, keep the charge. Wait, now, how do we what's skip interesting over verse is, two? We, we got to talk about verse. No, two. no, no. I'm sorry. Well, two. Well, I'm connecting it to two. Oh, okay. Because he says he's going. He's going the way of all earth. Be strong, <clears throat> therefore, show yourself a man. That's what he's. That's what he's actually saying to his son. Let, let's go ahead and do that. Let's let's stop there and go with that phrase. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Be strong, therefore, says, and show yourself. Be strong yourself. And, and and become a man is what it literally says in the mm-hmm. Hebrew. Uh, and you shall mm-hmm. be to a man, which means become a man. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. You know, we have this expression mm-hmm. in English. And, and can I say something a little controversial? I'm going to anyway. Mm-hmm. So American Western culture has been sissified. Um, they've come along mm-hmm. and they said, oh, no, you can't tell someone to be a man because men and women are completely equal. And, and, you know, and therefore, it's sexist to say to someone, be a man. But that's what it says mm-hmm. in Scripture. Be a man. And that's, you know, that's what he's mm-hmm. saying. Be strong and be a man. And, and here, what it means to be a man, and, and maybe this is what you were getting at, is you know mm-hmm. this goes back to Joshua, where he says, "Be strong and courageous to keep the Torah." And here he's saying, "Be mm-hmm. a man and keep the commandments." Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's amazing, I and that's it. really something. I was gonna, I was gonna do something uh, that that. And here's what I let me just say this, folks. I yeah. want people that are listening this year as we go into this this new 
a Gregorian year. I know that yeah. we're we're in a, we're in a biblical year, uh, but as in this Gregorian year, I, as we start out the prophet pearls, I really want people to be kind of like these folks that are that are our partners because what our partners are doing is they're looking in ahead of time. They're seeing what it's saying. They're asking questions. They're making comments. I want people to do that with us. I want them to be like the Bereans, you know, to search, to search, search it, you know, search the scriptures to see what it's saying. And then, of course, one of the great things that we have opportunity to do with both of us is is they can go to the pages where they're where they're listening to Prophet Pearls and they can make comments. Those comments can be from the week previous, and and they can be looking at even at something that's coming in, in the forward. Meaning, we we really want people to uh, to interact with us. But one of the things, Nehemia, that I did that was yeah. that, that really kind of caught me off guard, and you're probably going to think this is too controversial, but I'm I'm going to do it. So he says, I'm going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. So I've got three sons. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did is I actually used this passage um, uh, as early in their high school years, the, the phrase of be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Yeah. What was interesting mm-hmm. was is that in the context, you just said it. What does it look like, therefore, to show yourself a man? And so that's yeah. what the connection is for 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 the next verse. But Wait, then so I wanted I wanted to, to the, do something. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, I wanted to do something. So so when it says show yourself a man, I asked myself, where else might we have where 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 might have David seen this? Where had mm. he, may have he heard it before? Come on. And so there's Come a really on, interesting it. verse. Well, no, hold on. There's a really no. I've got well, that verse. I'm burning I to share to... it. But go ahead. No, no. <laughs> you got it. Go ahead, sure. Well, I tell you what. Oh, come on, come I tell on. you what. I'm going to give you. I want. No, I wanna, no, no. I wanna, go ahead. I want to pass it off. No, I, no, 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 no. Well, no, first I it. wanted to bring you. Share this with your sons. So, you so then, as Joshua, yeah. you, know, you have Joshua doing all these things. But then there's yeah. a really interesting, obscure verse yeah. in First Samuel chapter four, verse there nine. It is. <laughs> you saw it. That's the verse I was going to bring. Go ahead, bring it. <laughs> Hey, folks, it's really interesting. You know, when we're sitting in the same room together, we could talk or whatever. Now we're completely, what, seven, 8,000 miles apart, and we're looking at these verses and getting excited. That that just says to me that there is something about it. But, Nehemiah, yeah. seriously, what I want you to what I really wanted to do is I wanted to see if you if, if you also looked at this and, and, yeah. and how you interpreted it. Yeah, so, I mean, can you read in it? First, Go ahead, 1 Samuel 4 9. Where no, that? no, 1 Samuel 4 9. It says, Take courage, yeah. and he spe- here, here it's the Philistines. Yeah. Take courage. Therefore, be strong, whatever, and be men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so I, was, I asked myself the question: what, what, Did David hear this? Was this a phrase that they used in uh, when they when they went so, to fight? I mean, it was, well, when, I mean, clearly. And so go on with the verse. Um, so he says, mm-hmm. "Be strong and, and and be men." It's the same phrase: "Become men, be men." Mm-hmm. Oh, Philistines, mm-hmm. lest you serve the, the the Hebrews as they served you. And then he reiterates mm-hmm. it: "Be men." And vinilchamtem, and and go out to war, engage in battle. So here they've, mm. they they realize that what it means to be a man in this context is to fight. If you don't fight, mm-hmm. you're going to be a slave. So you better go fight those mm-hmm. Hebrews. This isn't you know you, this is a matter of, um, of this is you know. And when I read this, I get I get the image of you know. And I apologize to those who who don't like this particular person, but I get or this movie, but I get the image of um, you know, in, in brave of another Philistine. Uh, Mel Gibson, who is in the movie Braveheart, and he goes out in front of the people and, and he rouses them up, and he's you know and telling them to go fight, and it's you know they're fighting for freedom, and this is exactly what the Philistines were were, were saying to their own people: go out, you know, be strong, otherwise you're going to be slaves of, of the Hebrews. Um, and so, what it means to be strong in this case and to be a man is to fight. So mm. now let's tie it back into our verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Keep going. No, keep going. Besedo, you, you did it. Come on, go ahead. <laughs> you, you brought it. Bring so, it. We're being, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're being so nice. No, but 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 when I don't know. Back to one thing is two, two, and, and three. Yeah, go on. Okay. So well, I was getting to to verse three, but I don't want. I yeah. want to give. I want to let you finish two because I, I this this next thing is going to take probably most of the show. <laughs> okay. So so he's saying be a man, be strong, mm-hmm. and be a man. Which you know it's not about fighting. It's not about war. David did mm-hmm. that in his lifetime. Uh, yes. For Solomon to be a man, to be strong, means to do what it says in verse three. It means to keep yeah, the mishmeret Yehovah, the um, the guarded, the thing that Yehovah has given us, the treasure of Yehovah your God, to go in His ways, to keep His statutes, His commandments, and His judgments and His testimonies, mm-hmm. as it is written in the Torah of Moshe, etc., mm-hmm. etc. That's what it means to be a man. So, so there's this phrase, "Be strong and be a man," in in, in uh, with the Philistines, and they explain what they mean by it. They mean go to war, and David also explains what he means by "be strong and be a man." It doesn't mean go to war; it means keep the Torah. 
Amen. Well, we, we're going to we're going to unpack this a little bit, and I wanted to see if you could take. Would you be willing to take a look at this word, mishmerat? Uh, yeah. This uh, that's an this, interesting this word. Noun. Yeah, I wanted to know if if we'd be willing to let this be the the, the word of the week. If oh, you that's could a just tough tell us word what of the week. I don't know. It that, is a very want, tough word of the week. But here's why I want people to consider. I don't know if I want that to be the word of the week. Okay, you go don't on. like that one. <laughs> You don't I, like the, I think the that might I, be I too advanced it. for some of the people. What do you think? I don't know. Well, here's why I want you to consider it because the first word in First Kings, Kings two three, uh, and then this word, um, you know, there's like this this really cool thing that happens all the time in scripture in, in Hebrew mm-hmm. in, in, in the Hebrew scriptures where you can be reading it and you can see sort of roots and you can see connections and you you know it's almost like a very natural thing. Like sometimes you'll say. Well, I can't believe it says that in the English. I can't believe right. it, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's obvious. Well, it's not obvious, but when you, when you open the Hebrew and you see these things, they sort of jump off the page. So without maybe, okay. maybe you don't want to make it the word of the week, but at least we give can make us it a little the word bit of, of the connection. Week. We'll make it the word. All right. Okay, go So ahead. it's mem, shin, mem, resh, tav. Every word in the, the Hebrew language has a three-letter root. The three-letter root is shin, mem, resh, which is shamar, meaning to guard. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, when it says to keep the Shabbat, it says Shamor et Yom Shabbat lekadsho, keep the Sabbath to to sanctify it. It's the same root shin mem resh. It's a word that it's such it's such a, a I guess the I guess I call it a versatile word, versatile yes. word, uh, which yes. makes it difficult to translate. So the first time we have it is in Genesis two fifteen, and Yehovah Elohim took the man and he placed him in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. to leavda. To uh, mm-hmm. work it, which is not what we were told in kindergarten, he actually worked in the Garden of Eden. Ula shomra mm-hmm. and to keep it. So mm-hmm. and that's the same root shamar. So mishmeret mm-hmm. is that which is shamard, that which is kept. Um, mm-hmm. And so the Garden of Eden, he, man was put in it for the purpose of working it and guarding it, keeping it, whatever mm-hmm. that means exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it means mm-hmm. to tend it to you know steward you know stewardship over the garden. Um, mm-hmm. So the next time we have is Genesis three twenty four, where it has kind of a really different meaning. There we have the um, this you know strange flaming sword, which is lishmor et derchetzachayim to guard the way mm-hmm. to the tree of life, keep man out of there. So there it's guard in the sense that we would think of you know like a security guard at a bank. There's somebody yes. standing there to prevent somebody else from getting in. That's not what Adam was doing with the Garden of Eden. He was guarding it in a very different sense. He was, you know, maintaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, man. Am I my brother's keeper in Genesis 4-9? That's the next time we have that root. So mm-hmm. and we, we could go on and on and on about this root. It's a root that often appears in the context of keeping the Torah, of guarding the mm-hmm. Torah, maintaining the Torah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have mishmeret, which is, and those are all, now, those are all sorry, uh, verbs, the uh, the that we looked at. So the noun is mishmeret, that which is kept. So it's interesting, Nehemiah, when you go to Genesis 26.5, and I always thought this was so cool. In yeah. Genesis 26.5, when Abraham, uh, you know, speaking of Abraham, he says, because he obeyed me and he kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. Yeah. Uh, and and that word charge again. It's, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's just, it's, what's so interesting about that is like, well, wait a minute, hold on. The people ask the question, wait, when, when did he get the? When did he get this scroll? When did when did Abraham get this scroll? And and I don't want to go into into great depth about it, but when I when I see that, yeah. I just get this this. this wait, so image tell the people which mind. word is mishmeret, because I know that. I don't know if they know. What, saying in, in, in uh, Genesis twenty-six which five, which word is 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 the word of the week? Mishmeret. Right, I know that, but tell them in English from what you just read. Oh, I have to open up my different. Oh, I'm actually looking at the Hebrew here. I'd have to switch. Oh, here's my. Here's showing off. So the JPS, <laughs> no, no, no. inasmuch as Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my laws, yeah. and my teachings, yeah. charge in yeah. Hebrew is mishmeret. Before you yes. were bringing the NASB, let's just pull that one up just out of curiosity. Yeah. It, again, yeah. it says my charge, um, yeah. and it's funny because the NASB had the word vayetzav, which is the root of the word mitzvah or commandment, mm. as charge, and here mishmeret. Is charged is a different word altogether. Uh, New King James has char- King James has charged the King. J- wow, they're pretty consistent. They all have charge, and the yeah. word is mishmeret, which is actually that which is guarded. And he guarded yes. my. And so some people translate this as treasure. I've heard that in mm-hmm. Jewish sources. They like the translation treasure because what do you guard? What do you put in a you know a safe? You put you put something mm-hmm. that you want kept. You want preserved. Um, and yes. so hence the word treasure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, but, I just think that. So, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. 
No, no, no. What I thought was what I just think is interesting is that once we get to this word, when I when I opened up First Kings two three, and I wanted you to do something. I want to tell you first of all, Nehemiah, I really appreciate the fact that you have been um, doing uh, reading reading the actual passage in Hebrew. If people haven't gotten a chance to to listen to that. You don't have to know a word of Hebrew. Just the fact that you're able to hear it as it was written. And uh, I just I want to tell you how much I appreciate that. I love putting that up every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, what I do is I, I put up you know you you doing that, and I pick take the picture um, that that's connected, and it just I don't know what it is about it. It just uh, it's really wonderful. But in First Kings two three, if you were to read just the first one two three four five words in yeah. Hebrew, um, what when you read that. Do you do you make the connection in your mind immediately between the words shamar and mishmeret? Oh, absolutely. It's it's a very common structure in Hebrew that you have a noun and a verb that come from the same three-letter root and mm-hmm. the, the noun describes um the verb describes the action of the noun. Mm-hmm. Um, so so, so here's what I wanted to say. So, so, it so says, when I'm reading Marta et mishmeret Yehovah and you will yeah. guard the it's, the mishmeret the guarding uh, that which is guarded of Jehovah your God, the charge, the treasure. Yeah. Yes. So what's interesting? So when I look at that, and then I look at my English immediately, I say, so yeah. you know, Hebrew. There's the two words connected, and then in right. English they don't. They're not. They're not connected. Keep, keep and charge. Keep the charge. So it's guard the guarding. <laughs> yeah. So can I talk a few yeah. about a few more? If, since this is the yes, word of the absolutely. week, we got to bring a few more mm-hmm. verses just to flush out this word mishmeret, which I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. You can translate as charge. I'm gonna translate it as treasure. Okay. It says okay. Uh, Exodus twelve sixteen or sorry twelve six in the New King James. I'll bring that. Now you keep. Now you shall. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Um, so the word isn't even there. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> you shall keep it. It's talking about the lamb that you take on the tenth and you keep it until the. It literally says and it shall be for you a mishmeret that which is kept until the fourteenth day of this month. And the New King James just has it. I guess. Um, <laughs> It doesn't even have it. All right, NIV has take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month. Yeah, it, or take, so it has them take care of them. GPS has you shall keep watch over it until the fourteenth day of this month. So again, mm-hmm. in Hebrew, it's, it shall be for you a mishmeret, a charge, a guard, mm-hmm. a treasure until the fourteenth mm-hmm. day of this month. Talking about the Paschal Lamb, Exodus sixteen twenty three. It's speaking about the man or the manna. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, which is collected on this. this is a really interesting verse. We should do a whole teaching on this. He said to them, "This is what Yehovah meant. Tomorrow is the day of rest, a holy Sabbath of Yehovah. Bake that which you will bake, a boil that which you will boil, and all that is left, put aside to be kept until morning." And in Hebrew it says, "And all that remains, you shall place for you as a mishmeret until the morning. It's to be kept. It's mm-hmm. something which is guarded. It's kept. It's preserved." Um, their treasure doesn't really fit, but it's the same concept. It's, it's something that's put aside. Exodus uh, 16.32, um, it's talking about a long-term mishmeret, not just overnight like it was in um, in the previous mm-hmm. verse. But here it says, Moses said, this is what Jehovah has commanded. Let one omer, that's a measurement, of the manna be kept throughout the ages in order that we may see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out from the land of Egypt. So where mm-hmm. is the word mishmeret? Um, it literally says in Hebrew, Moshe said, uh, this is the matter which Jehovah commanded, a full omer of it shall be mishmeret as a mishmeret uh, for your generations. So we're, so they just translate mm-hmm. it as kept. They're not indicating that's being kept mm-hmm. as a treasure. Um, they translate it as a noun and not a, uh, sorry, as a verb and not the noun that it is. So it's something that's kept. It's something that could be kept overnight and can be kept for, from, you know, for thousands of years. Um, like the mm-hmm. mana. So that's really interesting. And then Leviticus 18.30, it says, you shall keep my charge not to engage in any of the abhorrent practices. Um, and mm-hmm. the word and in Hebrew it says, same as in our verse, it says, Ushmartem et mishmarti, and you mm-hmm. shall keep my mishmeret. So it's almost exactly mm-hmm. what, da- what David says to Solomon. Uh, Leviticus 22.9, Vishamru et mishmarti, and they shall keep my mishmeret. Um, they yes. shall keep my, my treasure. Um, etc., etc. So, so we have this quite a bit as a common phrase, especially appears a lot in like Leviticus and Numbers. Um, this is why I wanted it to yeah. be the word of the week, Nehemiah. It's it's a, it's a really interesting. But it's really so, difficult so, to translate. Like, so how are you going to translate yeah. this treasure? That which is kept. That's a whole mouthful. Uh, literally, it's that mm-hmm. which is kept, and it could be kept overnight. It could be, it could be kept in the sense of just observing it and and doing it and maintaining it. Um, I, I'm going to bring up a point which is 
it's too esoteric. I won't bring it. So Deuteronomy 11.1, uh, it says, And you shall love Yehovah your God, and you shall keep his mishmeret, his statutes mm-hmm. and his judgments and, and his commandments all the days. That it's almost seems like um, David is quoting Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, like that's really close to what he says to Solomon. Well, here's what I wanted to do. Can we can we yeah. do something? Would you sure. would you be willing to do this? This is actually from our our partners, and actually, it's something that I was Ooh. dealing with even at a little bit of a deeper level. As as I want yeah. us to ask the question: When you're reading this and you hear this word, and you shall keep, or you know this, this word mishmeret, uh-huh. um, uh, uh, you shall keep this, you know that which is kept, the Yehovah your God. And then here's how. Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Here's how you're going to keep it: to walk in His ways. Okay, so that seems to me when I hear that, okay, so to walk in his ways, okay, this seems to be a, 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 a way of living, a way of, um, in other words, there's action to this. And how do I walk in his ways? Now, here it comes again. To keep the word shamar, lishmor, to keep what? Now, here's where you, I really need your help, Nehemiah. Yeah. We really need your help here. When you hear the word statutes, commandments, ordinances it says in the nas and testimonies what do you see as the differences i mean why oh would david yeah people have well, spun I mean, no, like 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 no uh, we have to we have to talk about this series about yes. the statute is this and even the rabbis they say they for example they'll say a statute is a commandment that's arbitrary and what do they mean by mm-hmm. arbitrary they give the example of the red heifer why is it red and not mm-hmm. you know i don't know blue um mm-hmm. i was in nepal and i saw blue cows why is it a blue heifer and not a – why is it a red heifer and not a blue heifer? Wait, stop for a second. What? Stop what? for a second. You're colorblind. You don't – you've no, no, said I'm that color you're weak. colorblind. I'm not you colorblind. <laughs> I you don't tell, know the difference? I've seen your no, socks. No, I can tell the difference between red socks. and blue. I just can't tell the difference between navy and black <laughs> and dark green. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, no, I've seen blue cows and it might have been a black cow. I'll, I'll, I'll stipulate that or a green cow. I'm pretty sure it was blue. Um so the point is, so the, the rabbis say that's a statute, something which is totally arbitrary, as opposed to a commandment, which makes sense. An example of a commandment would be, you know, don't murder. I could figure out on my own not to murder without God telling me that. And so that, hence, is a different category. Now, I've looked at these uh, terms, you know, over the years, and I've not seen any kind of consistent explanation of the difference between a statute and a commandment. What you have as ordinances actually is judgments. Uh, testimonies. I don't know what the difference is, uh, and frankly, neither does anybody else. You know, we first hear about these these different terms. You know, over in Genesis twenty six five, in the verse that you quoted, and as much as Abraham obeyed me and kept my mishmeret, my treasure, my charge, and it says mitzvotai, my commandments, chukotai, my statutes, v'tochotai, and my and my my teachings, or literally my Torahs. So, um, so what's the difference between a mitzvah and a chukah and a Torah? I don't know. And like I said, neither does anybody else. Oh boy! Oh boy! Well, here I was all excited about this. And I, can I, wasn't can I, so can I share one thing that of... that is wrong? <laughs> yeah, sure. So one okay. of the questions I, I, I challenged my the, the rabbis growing up. I said, you know. You, you, the basis of, of rabbinical Judaism, the basis of, of Phariseeism that I grew up with, was that Moses received two Torahs on Mount Sinai, he, a written mm-hmm. Torah and an oral Torah. I said, you know, and at first I kind of just accepted this as a fact. And then finally I said, show me a single verse anywhere in the Tanakh that says that Moses received an oral law. And they weren't able to. But then they, they said, well, our ancient rabbis interpreted Exodus twenty four twelve as referring to both the written law and the oral law. And what does that mean? Mm. So it says there that, uh, uh, I'll read you the JPS. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the stone tablets with the teaching and the commandments which I have inscribed to instruct them. And so we have there, we have here in, in, the, in the Hebrew, it says he will give him the Torah, which just means instruction. Um, and and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a minute when we talk about the Torah of Moses. And the commandment, which I have written to instruct them. So the word to instruct them refers to the oral law, I was told. Mm. And, and the point mm. is you have these different terms, Torah and mitzvah, and we, and we can't really say what the difference is between them. No, no one really knows, not even the mm. rabbis with their oral law. So. Well, one yeah. thing I really did appreciate when I was reading it, I just kind of went to the, the idea of David. Okay. And I thought, okay, so what do I know about David? And, and so what I know about David is he, he loved to write, and, he, and, and, and the, my, my most favorite uh, psalm that David wrote is uh, Psalm 119. Mm-hmm. 
And when I went through that psalm, I asked myself, okay, so what, what, what's David doing here? He's talking to Solomon, and he's charging him. He's giving him this, this, this is what you shall keep. And what's so interesting, Nehemiah, and I know I, I want people to do this for themselves. Maybe you can make it even quicker. Hmm. But I, what I asked myself, is there, is there a time where David, uh, is there another time where David uses all four of these? Or is there another person in the Bible where there's all four of these roots, all four hmm. of these words in Good one question. verse? And of course, uh, there isn't. Yeah. Uh, oh. David's the only person who, who does this. But what I did was I went through Psalm 119. And what I loved about this was I was like, okay, is Dave, you know, and, and I mean, we could do this. I could go further. Are there other books that have all four of them in one book? But what was really cool about Psalm 119 is that all four of these show up at some point in yeah. Psalm 119. I think one of them shows up 22 times, one shows two times. But what was really interesting is I just asked myself, okay, David's about to die. Mm-hmm. Let's just be contextual here. He's about to die. He knows that Solomon is the promise, the promise that's good, that God's going to fulfill his promise through the seed and his seed. And here he's got Solomon. So what does he do? He takes these things, these words that he uses in Psalm 119 and, and many other places. But what's interesting, he's the only person. And, and listen, if you can find this differently, I will be really, really excited. I couldn't find another verse that had all four roots in one verse, hmm. all four of these wow. words other yeah, than David know. using it. And, and so what was so cool about it is I thought, okay, what does David want to communicate? So maybe there isn't a difference between the mishpat and there isn't a difference between that and the, and, 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 and the, uh, the statute and the judgment. So what does he tell Solomon? Hey, there's only a few things you got to remember. Remember this. <laughs> and so he takes each of these words and he pounds them in to Solomon. I mean, if Solomon reads in Psalm 119, if Solomon's reading in different parts of the Psalms, if he goes back and his father is dead, he's going to hear over and over and over again about these charges and these statutes and these commandments. And it's really sad because we can go really further into this, but but how long did they, you know, how long did Solomon keep the charge? I mean, initially he he had it. He understood it. And then over time, he didn't continue to do what David told him to do. That's another discussion. But I just thought it was really interesting to me that David is the one who pushes this concept in his writings and, you know, those in those things, in those psalms that he's written. And again, I couldn't find any other verse. Now, maybe you like I said, you could probably tap. tap That's the only place, according to my computer program in the Tanakh that has those four uh, in one verse. But about Psalm 119, for those who don't know, first of all, it's the longest Mm -hmm. chapter in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. and Psalm 119 is, is a Psalm about the Torah. It's about the commandment mm-hmm. of Yehovah and the Torah. And, um, in a- ancient Jews looked at that and they said there are 10 different words for the Torah in this uh, chapter. And we could do a mm-hmm. whole teaching just on what those 10 words are. You just, you just put your finger on four of them. Um, mm-hmm. but it's been argued that mm-hmm. every single verse of Psalm 119 refers to the Torah in some way or another. Um, so mm-hmm. for example, um, you know, verse one just actually just says the Torah. Verse two says Edotav, his testimonies. Um, verse three says his ways. Verse four says his his pikudecha, your your precepts or really your commandments. Um, Can I tell so you something funny? It's pretty cool, pretty cool psalm. Yeah. I yeah. tell you something funny when I came to Israel, Nehemiah. When uh, I remember before this. I knew you, before I met you, you know, this was my big deal. I was trying to get re- reacquainted with the with with Hebrew, and so what I did is I decided to go through Psalm one nineteen. And what was really interesting, I just have to tell you, yeah. is that I was going through those verses, and I think I only found two, maybe three verses where I couldn't find a word to describe something about the Torah. Hmm. In, so in the entire what, how many how many verses? Yeah, how many verses are there again? Oh, a ton. Um, yeah, like a, verses. I don't know. Anyway, I, I just looking. you know, and our friends it's brought this up also. One hundred and seventy-six in the Hebrew. One seventy-six, but yeah, but but the interesting thing about it is David is saying, "Listen, Solomon, I'm going to take these four concepts and make sure you understand these four concepts mm-hmm. in this one thing. Keep this is what you're to do is you're to keep this charge." To walk in his ways, and how will you do it? By keeping it. Let me please read it in English here for our folks that are looking in the English Bible. To keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinance, and his testimonies. And then we get to according to what is written in the Torah of Moses. I just think that's, I mean, if you didn't get it, he's going to get it there. Make sure you understand what's in the Torah. Yeah. So can we so, talk about that phrase, the Torah of Moses? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so that's a pretty cool phrase. Um, you know, so, so here's something we have to point out. The word Torah simply means instruction. 
And mm-hmm. what exactly is the difference between uh, instruction and the commandment? That's not entirely clear, but we see examples of it. For example, in Leviticus, uh, we'll see, you know, this is the Torah, Leviticus 6.2, this is the Torah of the burnt offering. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the Torah of the flower offering in Leviticus 6.7, Leviticus 6.18. This is the Torah of the sin offering. So it seems to have this um, sort of ritual connotation, although maybe not. Um, mm-hmm. Exodus 12.49, speaking about the, it says there will be one Torah for the native born and the sojourner who sojourns among you. Now, what does Torah mean in that verse? Because Torah has two really related but different meanings. One is the narrow sense of a specific commandment or a specific set of commandments, like the commandments concerning the, the burnt offering. And maybe Exodus 12.49, when it says one Torah for the native born and the sojourner, it's referring to the, the way that the Passover sacrifice is brought, because that's what it's talking about in mm-hmm. Exodus 12. Um, or maybe it means one Torah in the sense of the collective body of divine instruction. And that mm-hmm. collective body of divine, divine instruction, that is called um, Torah Moshe, the Torah yes. of Moses, or Torah Yehovah, or mm-hmm. uh, you know a few other variations of that. Um, so, for example, Exodus 13.9, it says, should be a sign upon your hand and a memorial between your eyes in order that the Torah of Yehovah will be in your mouth. So their Torah of Yehovah isn't a specific commandment, like a, you know, a ritual commandment, like the commandment of the Passover sacrifice or the, or the commandment of the burnt offering. Their Torah of Yehovah is the collective body of divine instruction. Um, and there's where, of course, Karaite Jews and rabbinical Jews will have a, you know, kind of a disagreement will say, well, wait a minute, if there's a second body of, rabbinic, of divine instruction that was given at Sinai, how come Torah, in that collective sense, is never referred to in the plural? It's only in the narrow sense, where we'll have the Torah of the burnt offering and the Torah of the, of the Passover. There you'll have a, a narrow definition, or uh, you'll have, you'll have um, a plural. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope that wasn't too confusing. But a few verses uh, no. that refer to the Torah of Moses, um, it's pretty cool. So, for example, Joshua 8.31, one of my favorite verses, um, and of course, from my perspective as a Karite Jew, this proves there was no oral law, but that's a different question. Uh, it says, uh, As Moses commanded, as Moses the servant of Yehovah commanded um, uh, the children of Israel, as it is written in the in the book of the Torah of Moses, um, etc., etc. So here it's talking about, um, you know, they're building the, the altar at Mount Eval, um, mm-hmm. And actually, the verse I was looking for that proves the, the written Torah is a different verse in that area. But whatever. Here in Joshua eight thirty one, and that was actually a place. Now, did you go with me to Mount Eval? No, you didn't. I went with Yoel. Um, have you mm-hmm. ever been to the altar at Mount Eval? Yes, I went by myself. Okay, it's a pretty cool place. It's an altar described it's- in Joshua eight thirty one. Yeah. I've been there. Keith has been there. Others have been there. And there it mentions, as it is written in the book of the Torah of Moshe, um, so there we have this idea that even in the time of Joshua, as early as that, there was a book called the Book of the Torah of Moshe. Um, Amen. And then it was in Joshua 8.32, it says, and he wrote there on the stones the copy of the Torah of Moshe, uh, which he wrote before the children of Israel. So next to this altar at Mount Eval in northern Israel, it was at some time, and maybe it's still there buried, is a copy of the Torah of Moshe. So this was a clearly defined written book. Um mm-hmm. Okay, another verse that has it is 2 Kings 14.6. It also says as written in the book of the Torah of Moshe. Um, 2 Kings 23.25, also it says, uh, uh, also mentions the Torah of Moshe. Malachi 3.22, it says, remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel 9.11, it refers mm-hmm. to uh, that which is written in the Torah of Moshe, the servant of God. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of other verses, I'm not going to bring them all. Now let's bring a different uh, variation, which is um, Torah Elohim, the Torah of God, uh, mm-hmm. which is Joshua twenty four twenty six, And this is really interesting. It says, and Joshua wrote these things in the book of the Torah of God. Yes. So Joshua wrote in the Torah. And so what's the distinction there? There's this scroll, like literally a physical scroll called the Torah of Moshe, the book of the Torah of Moshe. And the part that Joshua wrote is the Torah of God meaning it includes the Torah of Moshe and it has this extra thing that we call the book of Joshua, which, you know, some people, you know, there's the, the term the Pentateuch or the five books. So some mm-hmm. people call it a Hexateuch or the five, the six books, including the book mm-hmm. of Joshua based on Joshua twenty four twenty six. Um So Isaiah one ten mentions the Torah of our God. 
Hosea 4.6 and also Psalm 37.31. So four times mm-hmm. in Tanakh we have this idea of not just the Torah of Moshe, but the Torah of God. And of course, Torah Yehovah, we, the Torah of Yehovah, we already saw that in uh, in Exodus 13.9 and it's a few other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I, I tell you one one thing, Nehemi. When I when I do think about that, this Torah, this uh, this instruction, and David does such an amazing yeah. job. He's basically he's charging Solomon. He's saying, "This is what you need to do." And then whenever I get the you know in Hebrew uh, this idea in English it says it so that so yeah. that here's the reason here's the reason why that Yehovah may carry out His promise. And of course, we could spend the entire time just talking about what that promise is. But he tells him this, this promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons are careful to, of their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Speaking about this promise that we all wait for, that mm-hmm. ultimate promise, the messianic promise of the one who comes through the, the loins of David. But I did think it was interesting in Psalms 132.12, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you can check it, take a look at this, Psalms 132.12, yeah. that um, he's, he's telling him, Here's the promise. And then in Psalms 132.12, it says, If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I will teach them, their sons shall also sit upon your throne forever. So like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking again of David as he's laying there and he's got this promise. And I don't know. I mean, does he turn over in his? Does he turn over in his? Uh, is they get this grave, as they say, when he when he sees Solomon all of a sudden um, leave the commandments of God, and he sees his the sons of his sons of his sons of his sons leave those commandments, and knowing that you know here's going to be the choice: if you keep them, here's what's going to happen; if you don't, here's what's going to happen. And I know as as a, as a you know as a father, and you know I've I've seen you Nehemiah where you're where on Shabbat. I know we we talk about this. But this really touched. It's, it touched me. It's a. It's something that's a. It's something that's a, a tradition. But just the idea of a father touching his son and and putting a blessing on that son mm-hmm. or or on a daughter or on a child. And you know, there's the there's the ups and downs of that. There's the, the the times that you see your children, you know, walk it out and you're excited. And then there's times where you see that they that they don't. And 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 what happens as a result? So yeah. I'm just well, looking at this and like David is is really really clear in telling him, listen, there's been a promise. Here's what you have to do. Right, but it, and it's conditional, though. I mean, and that's something exactly. that, that is emphasized in both the, you know, the, obviously this verse mm-hmm. and, and the verse you read in Psalms and a bunch of other verses as well. Um, yeah. And oh, I wish we had time to talk about Jeremiah 33, where yeah. it talks about, you know, a descendant always being from the line of David. But of course, mm-hmm. that's in the context of this conditional. And I think, is that one of the prophet portions? I don't remember. I hope it I is, because so. I really like that passage. <laughs> it's but but it's definitely that. a conditional promise. And, um, yeah. you know, that, that well, yeah. Yeah, so so you know, here's the deal, and I know we do have you know I'm, I'm, I get a little bit nervous, folks, as we're as we're doing these recordings. That each one I have my some people say their fingers crossed. I just pray about it because that we can get through the recording without any hitches. I mean, I've got these people drilling outside, and yeah, I'm we don't hoping, hear that, or I don't I'm hear so it anyway. I'm so glad, <laughs> but but can we do something? Can we can we can we just move on a little bit because. Yeah. I think Let's there's a switch here that's really interesting. You're going to love this. Mm-hmm. The switch is that he's, he's he's telling him now. Listen, keep the commands and and keep the. Now I'm about to die. Now real quick, uh, there's some business we got to take care of. He's like he's like the Godfather. <laughs> we got some. We got some. We wait, got wait, some wait, wait, you got you got to explain to the people who haven't seen the movie how is he like the Godfather? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying so, so. David's about ready to. And he's being really spiritual. You're not saying how he's like the Godfather. So in the Godfather movies, in the second one, I think, is his flashback to um, when he's a young man. I think it's played by Robert De Niro. And he puts his finger up to his temple and he says, I remember. I remember. You know, he doesn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, so you're calling David like the Godfather? I, I don't know if I'm comfortable I'm saying, with that. Listen, what I'm trying to so say David's is So David's like Robert De Niro and he's going to settle the score. So he's I, don't I think it's really interesting, Nehemiah. And again, you can you, you be the timekeeper on us here. It yeah. says here we've been going a little bit, but here's here's the thing that's really interesting. And I want to challenge people to do this if we don't want to give it away to them. Okay? Mm-hmm. Can I just challenge them on this this first sure. part? Because the second part, I'm ne- we're not going to get out of here without you talking about it. Oh. In fi- in two five, where he says, "You know also what Joab basically did when he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel," yeah. and he t- and he tells them who the two commanders are. Now, what I want to challenge people to do is this. I want them to take the phrase of the two commanders and to read the stories about what happened. It is a phenomenal – Nehemiah, this – like I get really – you know me. Sometimes I have to get up and walk away when I'm reading the Bible and I walk out the door and I'm yeah, like – He literally oh. does that. You know, <laughs> and I get excited. But here's what excited me about this is that if I just read this verse, 
It's a casual little thing. Hey, don't forget what Abner did. And you know, you want to move on. But what he did. But to what Abner. I did. Well, you know, here's what I did. Concerning Abner. Yeah. No. So, so what I did was, as I went through every time that I saw the mm. word Abner, and yeah. and I went through every time that I saw the word of the commanders, and you know what? It paints a really, really, really deep picture about why this is such an issue for David. I mean, literally. I'm just saying, you, you could take a kind of casual approach and just say, you know, David's, you know, had, had this one little thing happen. These are like really major things that took place. And like I said, we could do a show. We could literally do a show on why David is telling Solomon to address the issue of, of Joab. And so, so here's the more I important question. And, and so, yeah, so go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, go finish what you're saying. No, I, I just want to challenge people to, to actually do this. This is a part of a Bible study mm-hmm. where you take the word Joab. And you find out how many times. So we're asking people to, to join us in this in in this week's episode because we don't have enough time. Um, yeah. So th- so so if you you know don't you you cannot say you've listened to this episode until you've gone and done this part of the study Thanks. on your own. Exactly. And, and specifically, you need to be looking at two Samuel chapter seventeen, and that's the issue of Amasa. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll read that whole chapter, two Samuel seventeen. That's the story of Absalom, and you'll find out what happened to Amasa there. And then it's going to be in 1 Samuel um, chapter... Um, let's see. I don't know. I'm looking for it. Just go on what we were saying. While okay, so that. while you're looking for those verses, yeah. people, you know, you can also be looking for these verses um, about about what happens uh, with Joab. But especially as, as far as how it affected David and, and how it affected how people saw David. And... and you know, it goes even further, uh, Nehemiah, because he doesn't talk about the other things that Joab did in this verse that actually probably affected him also. Like, for example, um, as it pertains to his son Absalom, um, you know, you 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 get a sense when you're reading it the weight of of what David is saying to Solomon regarding this man. Now, what I wanted to do, and I, I kind of wanted to give you the softball on this, if it's okay. Yeah. Um, and maybe you found the other verse you want to say say what those are. Um, um, I'm looking for uh, that means no. Go ahead. So no, then, while he's, it's okay. It's okay because there's three sections here, and, and if, I want to get to the one that I want to really have you to talk about. If that's okay, can I can I keep reading? Yeah. Um, so then it says here. It says as it pertains to him, uh, he says he, sh- uh, he shed blood of war and peace, and he put the blood of the war in his belt. Uh, so act according to your wisdom, and then it says this phrase: and do not let his gray hair go down to Sheol, Sheol. in peace. Yeah. Sheol. Okay. Yeah. So, what's that talking about, Nehemiah? Yeah. What, what is what is Sheol? Sheol is the realm of the dead. Uh, and if you re- go and read Ecclesiastes chapter nine, uh, verses one through ten, it describes uh, what happens with Sheol. Everyone goes to Sheol, the good and the bad, and you're in a state of sleep there. There's no thought and knowledge and action in Sheol where everyone is going. Okay, so awesome. That, and that's why we read in, like, for example, Daniel and other places, Isaiah 26, um, about the resurrection being described as being woken up. Because there's, mm-hmm. you know, the way it's in the Tanakh view, you're, you're in a state of soul sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. In Sheol until you're awoken at the resurrection. So the two se- sections to read are two Samuel chapter three about Avner, mm-hmm. Abner, and two Samuel chapter seventeen about Amasa. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then if you have yeah. some energy and some time, look at some other uh, uh, passages there with him and their uh, interactions. Yeah. And you might be uh, even understand why this why this is such. Right. A big well, to deal. get the context, especially with, about Abner about Avner, you need to go back and look at. Um, the interaction he had with Joab's brother Asael, who he murdered mm. or killed, yes. I should say. Yes. So it's it's a whole complex web. But here's the question I have. So he's telling he's telling um, Solomon to deal with with Joab. How come he didn't deal with Joab himself? Yeah, that's such a great question. What What's the answer? Uh, I, I I don't know. I th- I think he wasn't strong enough. Ah, you don't meaning, think he had... meaning Ab, Joab was his general, and he was dependent yeah. on Joab. And maybe he was psychologically dependent on Joab, um, mm. and he didn't feel like he could do it. Now, the other situations we hear about, he gave his word he wouldn't deal with them, and so he's leaving them for, for Solomon um, great in the following yeah. But Joab, he didn't give Joab his word. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was afraid of Joab. It, I think it pretty much says that, that he... He was psychologically um, dependent on Joab and didn't think he could do it with, you know, didn't think his kingdom would would stand without this general, um, you know. And and once his son took over, 
okay, then it could be dealt with. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, the next, uh, the next person that we talk about, um, again, people can, can go and they can see this. It's, a, it's really a touching story um, for David as he, as he goes and finds people that will actually support and help yeah. him in the process of a, really a difficult time in his life. And, it, and then, and then it, it's interesting because at the end of his life, he says, now remember, make sure that you treat this person and not only this person, um, but also I think it says here, even his sons. Am I right here? Yeah, but show kindness even to his sons, uh, Barzillai, the Gileadite. Right, because he was an old man yes. even when, when David had the interaction with him Yeah, um, <laughs> back in 2 yeah. Samuel 17. And so yeah. the point is by this time, you know, he's, he's got one foot in the grave. And, um, and so really the, the blessing is going to be to his sons. Okay. Yeah. Now, now here's the big challenge for you. Now, this is where I got to go. Yeah. I, want, I, want you to, I want you to go to 1 Kings 2.8. You did an amazing, you know, remember the teaching yeah. we talked about? You, you called it one of the best teachings you've ever it done. It was, absolutely. <laughs> the shimmy teaching. <laughs> about the shimmy teaching. And it really is really interesting because we went to the issue of the, his, his name and, and listen to me and all that. So David takes this really, you know, beautiful approach to let shimmy, you know, <laughs> you know let shimmy be shimmy. And right. then he gets to his deathbed. And he brings this guy's. <laughs> I don't forget. He brings this guy's name up, and um, and so when you when you read that, how do you? Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what's your thought when you well, hear? I, David- I think his point with Shimmy is keep an eye on this guy. He's dangerous. Keep an eye on him. I uh, I gave my word not to kill him, so I'm not going to touch him. Um, that's yeah. You keep your eye on him, and so and so he doesn't tell him to kill him. Um, he says you'll know what to do. Mm. You know, and and uh, all right, and he says, and you'll bring down his his old age with blood to Sheol. Um, and look, so what happens? And obviously, this isn't in the portion, so we can't talk too much about it. But what ends up happening is he says, you know, you know, he says to Shimmy, "Look, you can live the rest of your life here without a problem. Just don't make trouble. Just let me. Don't leave Jerusalem. I want to be able to keep my eye on you." And Shimmy yeah. accepts this, and then he breaks the terms, and he gets executed because he violated the order of a king. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shimmy had a chance to live out his days in peace, but Shimmy was Shimmy. <laughs> Shimmy was Shimmy's worst enemy. Yeah, and, and so, you can't change that. You know, <laughs> you can't change that. So it's interesting, Henry. I'm going to transition because um, because we didn't get a chance to talk. But, but imagine yeah. now, David. David is at the end of his his life, and 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 this has actually had me think. Uh, a lot about Nehemiah, um, some situations that I've actually um, been been dealing with over the last month or so. I had two people who actually died. One of them was a man oh, who no. um, was um, was a mentor of sorts. His name was Dr. Miles Monroe, and he, he all he talked about was purpose and, and living your purpose. He says one of the worst things, uh, one of the saddest things is to go by a graveyard. And you look in a graveyard and you see how many things are in that grave where people never did it because they had too many excuses and issues and they never really lived it out. And and then the other one was a young man that I um, worked with uh, named uh, Orlando Thomas who died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Both of these men died on the same day. One oh, in a tragic plane accident. Yeah, one in a traffic plane accident. The other one died at age 42 with Lou Gehrig's disease, and he wore the number 42, and it was on his birthday. And so as I was just dealing with these things, I thought about um, David, and I thought about my own life, and I thought about ministry, and I thought about putting it all on the line, you know, doing everything that I can do while I have breath. And then so that when that day comes, if I have a chance to to look into my son's eyes and, and charge them as David did, that I can also say, I've done what God has called me to do. And so that kind of leads to a little bit. I don't want to cut things too short, but we're, yeah. we're going a little bit long. I want to give a chance to, to talk a little bit about what we are doing. I mean, we're in different parts of the world right now, but we're still ministering and, you know, and we're doing things. Um, they're interesting. I want to hand it over. Do you, is there, is there, you know, can you update us on what's So, so what this is, is the ministry minute. So you go first. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. So um, for me right now, you know, it's the beginning of this, of this calendar year, and we really had a push at the end of this last year to give people as many as opportunities as possible. I have to raise a white flag. I did something really, really radical. And as of right now, those that are listening can actually experience it. You used to make fun of us, Nehemiah, at BFA. You'd say, what's this premium content library? What's this premium content I library? I still make fun of you. <laughs> no, <laughs> go on. <laughs> no, no, don't. You don't make fun of me. No, but let me just say something. We've done, we decided to do something. We've got to realize one of the best ways for people to experience something is to give it away. And so yeah. what we're doing now is we're doing a seven-day free trial for people to wow. actually go in and see what's in the premium content library. And if they, if they like it, great. Uh, they're able to support us through being a part of it. But if not, 
they cancel, there's no no harm, no foul, no risk to them. But one of the reasons that we're doing this is we just put up the Hanukkah special that um, – you know, we talk a lot about Hanukkah, but one of the things that's interesting about Hanukkah is what the real Hanukkah is historically versus kind of what we see in, a, in American society, which I have to just give you a quick, real little quick thing, uh, is that I've heard, I, I read a site where they actually said that they called Hanukkah the Jewish Christmas, and I was offended, Nehemiah. What no, do you mean the Jewish true. Christmas? It's 100% true. No, don't say that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, so anyway. Hanukkah, the way it's, it's observed today in America has little resemblance to the way it was it was observed, e- even in the time of my – even when I was growing up, but definitely yeah. in the way when my, my grandmother was growing up. You know, mm. at the most, you might get Hanukkah gelt, which was, you know, a few dollars to go buy yourself a present. This idea of eight days of gifts and come yeah. on, that's a Christmas wannabe. Well, all i got to say is we, we did, a, we did a, an amazing 30-minute uh, episode. It's available right now. You can watch yeah. it. Okay. No harm, no foul. Like I said, no risk. Great reward. But with BFA, what we're doing is we're inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. And how we're doing that is every opportunity, Prophet Pearl, Scripture Bites, you know, the Hanukkah Project, Time Will Tell, Now is the Time – all of these things now available. I think there's over a hundred available on our site, bfainternational.com. You can go and you can see them. And, and literally, it's our way of saying, look, we really do need your help. But hey, first, why don't you take a look and see if it's if it's something that's in line with what you're trying to do in building your faith? And if so, um, consider becoming a part of the premium content library. That's my ministry minute right now. That's one of the things that we're doing. And as we go throughout these next weeks, Nehemi, I want to fill in the blanks as far as what I'm doing in this part of the world. Yeah. With the doors that are opening um, to bring God's time, Torah, in His name. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah, Hallelujah. Well, I, I want to just you know, you've got your ministry, uh, Biblical Foundations Academy International. My ministry is uh, Makor Hebrew Foundation. That's M A K O R Makor. That's the Hebrew word for source. It refers to Yehovah being the source of the living water. And and I just want to give a, a shout out to my support team. Those who have have supported my ministry, those are the, you know the trumpeters who are standing with me on the wall. I call them, and uh, for everybody who's listening right now, I want you to put down your cup of coffee, and more importantly, this week I'm going to ask you to put down your checkbook and put down your credit card, uh, at least as pertains to my ministry. Instead, I'm going to ask you to do something really radical. I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer because I really, really need people to to support my ministry with prayer so please turn your hearts to our father in heaven to Jehovah, the creator of the universe and and pray for my ministry for me to be able to get the message out i'm really struggling with that in, in in many ways and obviously money is really important for doing that but even more important is prayer so please this week i'm just going to ask you to pray for me and pray for my ministry uh, my website nehemiaswall.com is, is one of the main avenues where i get out information um please just just pray for everything i'm doing um i do want to ask people to uh, go to itunes and Mm -hmm. if you're interested in getting this podcast on a weekly basis you know we actually have this really cool thing where we can we can hack into your phone and we sneak into your phone and it automatically will download this episode and and i'm joking we don't actually hack into your phone (laughs) but if you go to itunes and you subscribe to this podcast using a, an iPhone, or if you're on a normal phone like mine, uh, uh, an Android, you can use various podcast programs. I use Pocket Casts. Um, there's another one called, I don't know, Podcast Republic, and various other ones like that. Some of them are free. And you subscribe to uh, the Nehemiah's Wall podcast, and every week you'll get the Prophet Pearls, you'll get the Torah Pearls, and you'll get other audio teachings that I'm doing. Uh, one of the ways you could really help us is go to iTunes and give us a rating or review on Nehemiah's Wall podcast. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. that does is it actually p- gets gets um, gets the podcast in front of other people. So someone mm-hmm. will go into iTunes looking for, hey, I want a podcast, uh, I mean, something to do with Torah, and they'll put that in. And if we have more ratings and reviews, more people get to see it. Um, it's actually really cool. I, I'm, 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 I'm very excited about this. I actually went in the other day to iTunes. And my um, podcast, which includes Prophet Pearls and Torah Pearls and other things, um, it's called the Nehemiah's Wall, Wall Podcast. So it has, as of, you know, and obviously it's pre-recorded, so it might be more now, but it has a, a very good number. I think it was 26 ratings and reviews. And as a result, when you go into the Judaism section on iTunes, it's listed as the number one um, – pro- actually, now it's 27. Yesterday it was 26. It's listed as good the deal. number one program 
under the the, the um, in the Judaism section as something like you know hot uh, new and noteworthy. That's what it's called. There's a section mm-hmm. called new and noteworthy, and the number one podcast that new and noteworthy is the Chemi's Wall podcast. So I really appreciate everybody who's been wow. uh, out there doing the ratings and reviews and mm-hmm. joining me in prayer. And and please turn your heart to your Father in heaven and pray for my ministry. McCorhebrewfoundation.nechemiaswall.com. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Well, it's uh, you know, I, as I mentioned before, Nehemia, we uh, yeah. we, we try to we try our best to stay within about an hour. We're a little over. Um, the actual the actual the two verses that are were left um, yeah. actually have to do with what happened to David. We know because the beginning of the yeah. the story tells us that he's about to die. He's about, and it says, and he slept with his fathers, and he was buried in the city of David. The days that David reigned over Israel were forty seven years. He reigned in Hebron and thirty three in Jerusalem. And, Sol- and Solomon sat on the throne of David, his father, in his kingdom. And I love this; was firmly established. I don't know. Next, you know what? When we when we have our next uh, next one, ah, I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm next just, one. You, of, what yeah. are you talking about? I have a thirty minute teaching just on that word "firmly." It was firmly established, <laughs> and I'm going to share it. There's nothing going to stop me from sharing that. <laughs> I actually do, but I'm not going to share it. So okay. just look in the Hebrew for those who want. And I wish yes. this had been the word of the week. The word yeah. there, where they translate it firmly, it's the last word of the verse, the last word of the section, it's the word ma'od. And it says, Vatikon malchuto, and his kingdom was established, ma'od. And oh man, we could have so much fun teaching about that. Ma'od, for those who don't know, didn't you have a teaching? Is that on the Open Door series? Yeah, open Somewhere door you had a teaching yeah. about the about, word ma'od yeah. and the Shema. Where, where is that? Yeah, yeah. It's in one of those many, you know, that's why I'm telling you, people, they can, you know. There's so many hours of teaching, I don't even know where everything is. But I'm pretty sure it's in the Open Door series, in one of the episodes where Keith is talking, and he speaks about how it says, and, and, you know, it has the Shema, it says, Shema Yisrael, Yehovah Eloheinu, Yehovah Echad, Hero Israel, Yehovah is our God, Yehovah is one, Ve'ahavtet, Yehovah Elohecha, and you shall love Yehovah your God, B'chol Avavcha, with all your heart, U'b'chol Nafshecha, and with all your soul, and with all your ma'od. And here his his kingdom was established. Ma'od. Hallelujah. That is a powerful thing. Oh, man, we could have a lot of fun teaching on that. Well, I will say this, Nehemiah. I don't know. Every week's going to be a challenge. I know we're going to have our issues with time. You're going to get confused oh, about yeah. what time it is and all those sorts of things. We've got technology. I'm on Yehovah's time, not the time of the Chinese Communist <laughs> Republic. <laughs> yeah, the doors are opening, flinging open on so many different levels. We want people to pray for us. Um, in the meantime, do this. Everyone keep reading, keep studying, oh, man, and we're yeah. going to keep on working uh, as, as, as the opportunity comes. So is there anything else you'd want to say? I just want to end with a prayer. May I do that? Amen. Do that. Yes. Yehovah Avinu Shabbat Shemayim, Yehovah our Father in Heaven. Yehovah, I look forward to the day where the descendant of David, who sits on the throne, the one who will come, and he will keep your mishmeret, he will keep your treasure, and he will teach us to keep your treasure. Amen. And he will sit on your throne, on the throne of David, of your people, of the kingdom, and his kingdom will be established firmly his kingdom will be established me'od may it be soon Yehovah Amen. Amen. Amen 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 Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson for more information please visit Nehemia's Wall.com and BFA International.com